This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and join today. I'm your host, Jay Scott, and I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Welcome to the Jay Scott Outdoors Big Game Hunting and Fishing Podcast, brought to you by GoHunt.com forward slash insider. We've got a great episode today. It's actually part two, Elk Calling with Steve Chapel. Uh, Steve does a phenomenal job describing how he's making those great elk sounds and uh, having been partners with Steve in, in the guide business for a long time uh, and having get, gotten to spend a lot of time with Steve in the uh, elk woods, he's a phenomenal elk caller and um, I've already gotten a lot of feedback from episode number one, part, part one, excuse me. And it's just awesome that Steve's able to spend some time with us and really describe how he is making these great elk sounds. I want to demonstrate for you an elk call that uh, Steve has basically created, and that is the Trophy Wife Elk Call. It's a fantastic external read call, and here's how it sounds, and then we'll jump right into the episode. the orange reed. I, I prefer it overall for, for doing my cow calling uh, because it's very sensitive, but it also produces just a nice full three-dimensional elky tone is what I really like about it. Um, this is what it would sound like just doing what I would refer to as just a, just a standard nasally cow call. Just, just something like that. Yeah, very sensitive, uh, very three-dimensional. Um, I don't know if that if it translates over over the phone or not, but uh, yeah, you take it out in the woods, it's got a very three-dimensional quality to it. Yeah, very, very realistic. And obviously, over the recorder, it's not going to sound as good. But if you if you do go on Steve's website, you can hear, uh, uh, you know. It's probably going to sound better. I can I can tell you in person it is spot on, and there's nothing uh, there. In my opinion, there's nobody else that can blow a call like Steve. And so um, that is the Estrus Excited. That's the Orange Reed. I believe the plate on that, Steve. You can correct me. Is maybe not as it's either more angled or le it's the least angled out of all of them. Is that correct? You know, Jay, they actually all have the same uh, okay. angle on the plate. It's more so in the in the reeds that you get the okay. tones. Um, that's also the, the reed that I use to make my you know more aggressive, high pitched cow calls and that that sound that, that you know they. I want to hear that sound. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, I wasn't gonna for sure forget that one. I want to. 
when I say that you went by being a great caller or let's say a very good caller, all of a sudden you call me on the phone and say, listen to this, and I was floored. I mean, I've done the buzz and stuff for a long time, and but this, in my mind, took elk calling to a whole nother level. Can you talk a little bit about it and then give me some demonstration? Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to just being blessed with the opportunity to be around elk every year and experience the rut. And, you know, I not only get to guide in Arizona for, for, for a month there during the rut, but then, then I'm able to go to Colorado where my dad has private land and we guide there year in and year out. And we've got a big herd there and they're the most vocal elk that I've ever been around. And I started hearing this sound that that I wouldn't have known that elk even make had they not been right in front of me. And I, I've said it over the years, anybody that's you know been to my seminar or whatnot, I, I equate it to, it sounds kind of like a monkey, just an agitated monkey in a cage screaming is what it sounds like to me. Um, and then I believe there was a point where you got a cow on video doing this sound. And then uh, in 2007, after hearing this sound for probably a decade, I was finally in Arizona in Unit 3C and had a cow come right up to me, probably 8, 10 yards away, uh, making this sound. And it, it, yeah, it's just incredible how, number one, how aggressive it is, um, how, how raspy it is, and, and then more importantly, how the bulls respond to it. So I went about trying to duplicate the sound and, and again, kind of going back to my roots and, you know, growing up on the farm and spending a lot of time on the tractor, I, I just started messing with varying tongue pressure, you know, using my vocal cords, vibrating my lips, various things, and just ultimately just through trial, trial and error, not because I'm a natural at calling, but just spending a lot of time on it, um, was able to come up with, you know, what... I think we, re, we refer to this as the estra scream, um, and I'll blow that, and then I'll also blow just what I refer to as high-pitched, excited cow calls. And what I found uh, most recently is, is if I kind of mix those two together, that seems to be the best combination. Um, and it, Jay, it kind of flies in the face of what we were talking about earlier and how subtle and, and, and sexy I want to be when I'm blowing an open read call. Um, when I blow this call, by contrast, I want to be that loud mouth <laughs> that, yeah. that wants attention right now because I, I've, the cows that I've seen making this sound, it's, it's a desperate sound. It's, it's insistent. They, they, want, they, they need some attention right now. They're in heat. Uh, and they're only in heat for a certain amount of time, so so things need to happen. And, and I believe that's why they're aggressive about it. So, so anyway... Um, this is how I get that sound. I'm, I'm, I'm blowing the call as if I'm just making a cow call, but I'm, I'm using my vocal cords to get that raspiness, and it sounds like this. You can also vibrate your lips, and it gives it this sort of sound. A 
Okay, and then also, like I said just a minute ago, you can also implement high-pitched cow calls, and it, also, it just tends to turn up the emotion in what you're putting out there to the bulls, and it's going to sound like this. sounds really wild um that's the hardest and, and would you blow it would you blow it just that many times is, would you fire off that that that's the crazy thing yes jay in contrast <laughs> to how i blow on a normal sequence it just totally flies in the face of how i usually call and that's the hardest thing with my personality is is not wanting to be loud and intrusive out there in the woods um, sometimes it takes somebody being with me to give me some encouragement. Encouragement. Matter of fact, my second cousin Gary Stanley's very good at that. <laughs> He'll tell me, He'll be like, "Cue the wild man." Yeah, <laughs> blow that call. Get her out and wind her up. You know, and and, yeah. and sometimes that's what it takes because I'm just not. My mindset is not there all the time. Um, but yes, when I do finally pull that call out and start blowing it. I, I, I'm going to blow it frequently. I'm going to blow it loudly. Um, I'm just trolling along, putting the vibe of love out there, I guess, would be the way to describe it. And it's amazing to me. Sometimes, even in the evenings, you, you know, being an elk hunter yourself, um, how the evening hunt can be so much different than the morning hunt. You can be in an area where the bulls are absolutely tearing it up in the mornings. You can go back in the evenings, and it can be completely dead. Uh, and there's been times where... You know, I'll try my usual standby calls, my, you know, nasally sweet cow calling. Nothing will happen. And I'll kind of just out of lack of anything else to try, pull that call out and, and, and start walking and blowing, just trolling with it, I guess you could say. And, and it is amazing. It'll go from total silence in the woods to one bull chiming off at it. And you start, I just start walking toward the bull, blowing that call persistently and then next thing you know another bull chimes in and then another bull and there's been many many times when you know two or three bulls will converge upon you and you're dropping down getting set up in a in a big frantic hurry because you know two or three bulls are bearing down on you it's just amazing how dramatic it can be yeah i i i've seen you do it and i've seen you do it on your dvds and um I've heard that sound, and I know that when I hear that sound, usually you hear bulls fighting, you hear you know them crashing trees, you hear all sorts of stuff, and it's just you're not going to use that all the time, you know, right. maybe not when, when the rut's not even going yet, but I, I you know if, if it's any time at all where they're getting after it and getting with it in September, uh, you know, I think that call could be extremely deadly. I yes. think one of the things to point out there is. A lot of people can do that kind of scream with their lips, but to me, that vocal cord, and if you just do it one more time for me, where you're doing just your normal high-pitched kind of cow call, but then you're letting your vocal cords vibrate, and then going, you know, you're keeping that high pitch, to me, of all the sounds, that is the most authentic cow calling that you could ever ever want to mimic right there can you give me just you know seven or eight more just of that real 
intense, sweet vocal cord uh, and high pitch yeah. like you were doing. It, I agree, Jay. And it, it, again, it goes back to emotion control and breath control because when I first popped that call in a couple minutes ago to do it, I was just a little tuned up emotionally, and it's very hard to do if you have that shortness of breath. So again, I want I want to stress to guys that the, the, the key is to get that deep breathing and just get yourself relaxed before you try to make this call. Uh, so let's see if I can pull it off here. <laughs> and, and plus not having talked for an hour. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so here goes. <laughs> Okay, that's that's just world class right there, my man. That's that's unbelievable. Uh, every elk hunter out there, if you're listening, if you're not learning how to make that sound, you are falling behind, and uh, it is very difficult to do. Uh, but if you watch Steve, he's got his, uh, you know, you can watch, actually watch his lips and watch how he's doing it on his website, different links. Uh, you can go on his YouTube and it's a phenomenal sound. Um, Steve, that's the excited estrus calls. Uh, those are fantastic. Run through the other ones, uh, uh, and, uh, maybe give me a bugle or two. Um, let me hear how the challenge, I believe it's the challenge call bugles. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you had to remind me to, to bugle because <laughs> I am, I'm all more about romance out there in the woods than I am about, you know, going out there with a fighter's mentality. But I will say this, guys who bugle accurately, and by that I mean if they hit that high, ringy, strong note, uh, you know, a guy in particular that you and I both know, a good friend of ours, Corey Jacobson, he calls bulls in consistently with bugling, and I believe, again, it's tonal quality is the key. Um, so when I'm bugling, again, that's what I'm looking to do is hit that high ringy tone that bulls make when I'm just doing a, a regular bugle, and then I'll contrast that with a lip ball, which I'll demonstrate that after I do this, this high ringy bugle. Okay, um, that's a high, uh, you know, like a contact type bugle. That would be a sound that I would make just to solicit for, for a bugle. Maybe I go out there in the morning that the elk aren't talking on their own or in the afternoon they're not bugling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a sound like that. And I, I really try to ring my own ears when I blow that call. And I believe that's when you get the best re response out of it. Now, an another sound that I'll make, which I just said referred to as the lip ball, uh, I've noticed that the more mature bulls will make this sound. I don't, I don't hear this, the, you know, the little two, two and a half year old bulls making this sound. Um, and the way I'm getting that is I'm blowing through the, through the call just like I would as if I was cow calling, but with more tongue pressure. And then I'm vibrating my lips. So again, it would be similar to making that extra scream with your lips, um, but I'm using a little tighter lip pressure to make, make the sound. It sounds like this.
noticed that sometimes when bulls won't answer just that high pitch sound, they'll answer that lip ball because, you know, they, they, they view you more as a threat to them and their cows when you're out there making that more dominant sound. Um, you know, and then another sound that, that can be made, which, you know, also just shows more emotion, um, would be, would be chuckling, you know, adding that onto the end of the call, whether it be a, a, a lip ball or a, or, or a bugle, you could add a chuckle at the end. Um, I kind of think chuckling is just not necessarily a call that a guy needs to make at all, uh, to call a lot of elk in. In fact, I think you could go out there for the rest of your life and never chuckle once and, and call a ton of bulls in. But it's just another thing to add to your arsenal out there. Um, the key to it is that it's a two-part sound. Um, you know, the first part, just by accident, I kind of relate it to uh, uh, the bark of an elk. So it's a, it's a real forceful out breath as you're blowing across the reed. So, so the first part of it's like this. Okay, and you don't want to go, go around making that sound, obviously, because you're going to scare a lot of elk away doing that. But then the second part, you're breathing air back in, and you actually, it sounds crazy, but you don't have your tongue on the latex of the reed on the second part of the call. It's only on the first part of the call that you're putting pressure on the latex. So when you put it together, I know it's a little hard just over the phone to, to, to kind of demonstrate this technique, but this is what it sounds like when you put the two parts together. Just something like that is how that's going to sound. And, and, and again, that call takes a lot of practice. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's ridiculous. Yeah, just yeah, it takes a lot, <laughs> a lot of breath control. To be honest with you, Jay, um, I'm not really, really sweet on my calls right now because it's March. Um, I, yeah. I, sh I should be practicing more. You know, cause yeah, I agree. You need more practice. Yeah, I agree. You, you need more practice. <laughs> no, but, you, you, uh... but seriously, um, it does take it, it actually takes some cardiovascular conditioning to blow that chuckle without getting totally out of breath. And now that I blew that, I'm a little out of breath. I need to go out and go for a hike after we get. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're working out here on a Sunday afternoon, uh, uh, blowing out calls. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, Steve, it's fantastic to hear you blow all those different calls. Um, I've seen you progress as an elk caller, and it's it's been an unbelievable transformation uh, to where you've come now. Truly an authority on elk calling, and I uh, really appreciate you demonstrating the calls. And I, I want to um, do another podcast with you at a later date, and we'll get into maybe some um, different scenario-type stuff. Uh, but for today, I want to go into, in, in kind of conclusion here, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, chapel guide service, uh, El, uh, Premier Elk Outfitter in Arizona, um, and also your, uh, I have your Arizona Application Strategies Mastering the Draw DVD, which I watched last night, and, and I just thought it was phenomenal. I actually learned some things about the draw you know, having been a resident for, you know, for, for many, many years here, I thought I kind of knew everything, but you really walk through all the different phases of the draw. How has the feedback been on your Mastering the Draw Arizona Application Elk Strategies been? Um, well, I'll say this. The guys who have watched it, the feedback has been, you know, very good, very positive. 
Um, I think it's a DVD that a, that a person might need to watch two or three times just to just to catch everything because there's a lot of material that's covered there. Um, you know, every state the, the draw has little subtle differences. Uh, you know, our draw in Arizona is is unlike any other states. But but like you say, I do break it down. I go over each phase of the draw, and I I I, I go over specific examples. Uh, reports that are off the Game and Fish website, and I think the best thing that a, that a person can learn from it is they can learn not only about the different phases of the draw, but they can learn how to read those Game and Fish reports, which is very important when you go to strategize for you know what hunts you're going to apply for. Because if you have you know X amount of bonus points, maybe maybe say you have 15 bonus points. And, and, and you're of the opinion that you can maybe say maybe draw the Unit 9 archery hunt, uh, well, if you go on the Game and Fish website and look at the 20% bonus point pass report, it will tell you otherwise. So, you know, again, I think the biggest thing that people can get from that DVD is they actually learn how to read these reports and then uh, go about applying intelligently with a, with a good strategy because, um, you know, our draw is really all about your first and second choice and knowing what to put first and what to put second is huge. Um, I, I'm just I, I'm amazed when I when I talk to folks out there. Uh, it seems like I would say easily nine out of ten people don't have a real grasp for how the draw works. And it's not it's not because they're not smart people. It's just because we have busy lives. We have a lot of other things that take precedence over understanding the draw. And I totally get that. Um, you know, it's just what I do for a living. So I figured I better understand how the draw works if I'm going to be giving people advice over the phone. So, you know, I just spent a lot of time studying and reading about it, um, you know, to be able to, 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 to produce that DVD. And, um, well, your examples that you give in the DVD by going through the actual game and fish booklet is amazing. And, you know, um, where can people uh, order this application strategies uh, DVD, Steve? Yeah, it's at the top of the the DVD page on my website. So if you just go on to chapelguideservice.com and uh, click on the Elk Calls and DVDs page, and when you're on the DVD page, it's on the very top. Uh, the video is $19.95 with free shipping, and I also offer it in in, uh, in package deals with the calls. So you can get the DVD and save a lot of money on the calls by making a single purchase. Great. And, you know, one of the interesting things about this is, you know, it's not necessarily elk. You can take a lot of what's in this into the deer, into the sheep, into a bunch of the other animals, uh, correct? Right. Yeah, because the concepts apply across the board. Uh, I, I believe the sheep draw is just a little different. Jay, you would probably know yeah, more about that because you're, you're a sheep guru. Um, you know, I'm really just an elk freak, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, definitely that DVD, if you're applying for, for elk hunts, for deer hunts, antelope, exactly, yeah. it, it's going to apply. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I misspoke. The sheep is actually different. Um, and then, Steve, Chapel Guide Service, um, tell me which units you guide in. Uh, in Arizona, and um, you have some fantastic guides. Give me a little um, little background on Chapel Guide Service and, and the, the units. I don't know if you're statewide or if you prefer certain units or what your status is there. Right, right. Um, you know, we have guided in most of the elk units. Um, 
you know, not not necessarily always by choice, but sometimes we'll get, you know, clients that, that draw units that we, we don't guide a bunch in. But um, to be specific, most of the time we're guiding in, in 9, 10, 1, 3A and 3C. I would say those are our top four units that we've guided the most in over the past couple of decades. Um, but, you know, we've also guided in 8, uh, 7 West, 6A, 27, 6B, uh, 5B North and South. Um, but, but again, it kind of comes back to, I believe, that the reason why we guide more in those four units that I mentioned first, 9, 10, 1, and 3C, is because of the fact that it takes people longer on the average to draw those units. So there's a lot more at stake when a, when a non-resident draws those tags. They've been waiting, you know, anywhere from 12 to 17, 18 years if it's an archery hunt and longer than that if it's a rifle hunt. And so those people who have waited that long are more apt to book. And I think that's the reason why we guide more hunters in, in those four units. And Yeah, and, uh, and, and quite honestly, uh, you know, you like and your guides, you guys like to be in some of the more premier units as well, I would think, also. Sure, yeah, because just like you, I'm sure you would agree, Jay, we've only got two weeks for the actual archery hunt every year. It's the same for you or I as, as, a, as a hunter. So, um, you know, I, I guess this might sound a little bit selfish, but obviously, you know, you or I, we, we're going to want to be in a unit like 9 or a unit like 23, where there's typically more 350 and better bulls, where there's you you know generally a higher bull to cow ratio because of how the unit is managed by the game and fish. It just makes for better calling because you have a higher bull to cow ratio. There's more competition amongst the bulls, so when they hear a call, they're they're more apt to come to it. Um, so so yeah, obviously we're, we're more inclined to want to be in those those more premier units. Uh, just because of the of the shortness of time, and then you know the early rifle hunt, it's only a one week hunt. So really, sure. b- besides being there in the unit prior to the hunt starting, the actual hunting with the archery and the early rifle hunt's only a three week time frame out of the year. And uh, you know, God knows how we make it the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's, it's all a matter of dep- yeah, it's depression <laughs> from there on out. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> But you do do late hunts as well as you got you do some deer hunts yep. and antelope and and you're a full full uh, service uh, guide service correct? Yeah, yeah. We offer you know fully outfitted hunts with camp and all meals provided if a guide needs that. And then also a very popular option, especially with residents that we hunt with, would be a guided only hunt where they supply their own camp and their own meals and save quite a bit of money by doing that. And we just basically take them out and guide guide them. The hunting aspect of the fully outfitted or the guided only is exactly the same. It's just whether or not we provide the camp and the meals. Uh, and, and yes, we, we also do uh, late hunts, which take place there in late November, early December. Uh, they're, they're, I won't kid, they're a much more challenging hunt. Uh, the bulls are often rem- more remote areas. Uh, they're harder to find. Uh, you know, it, it, the name of the game there, instead of, instead of calling, is glassing. Um, but I was going to say, very, they're not streaming their guts out and giving their position away, are they? <laughs> yeah, exactly, saying, here, here I am, here I am. Uh, no, it's more a game of being patient, being a, a methodical glasser, you know, finding a bull and then making a game plan. And I will say this, there's, there's been bulls that, that I've taken on late hunts with hunters that just the feeling of accomplishment is just 
astounding when you overcome all the odds and, and take a bull on a late hunt. And I will say some of the some of the pack outs can be pretty interesting as well. I'm sure you would agree with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I'm going to go ahead and go on the record and say I'm pretty much retired doing any late elk hunts. <laughs> good decision. That's a good yeah. decision, Jay. And I, you know, I will say I'd be very remiss if I didn't give you know a lot, if not most, of the credit to my guides. I, I have some just absolutely outstanding guides, and you know, over the years I've been very fortunate and blessed to to be introduced to some just outstanding people, um, you know, who are passionate about elk number one, and then then also just quality people because I mean let's face it when you when you have a guy hunting with you for a week or two weeks you're not only hunting together but 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 you're out there and you're visiting you're conversing um, you know I think having a quality connection there is also very important you know aspect of the hunt not not just the hunting part of it uh, you know so I've been been very fortunate to you know to have guides that not only excel in, you know, tagging of big elk and, and being passionate and driven about elk hunting, but also just having a, a lot of people skills, a lot of character, a lot of integrity, you know, um, you know, if we say we're going to go out and leave at three or three thirty, by golly, we're ready to leave at, at three o'clock. Um, you know, yeah. just, just doing what you say you're going to do and following through on it. And, and, and I've just been you know, really, really blessed by God to have some outstanding guides as part of my team. Absolutely, Steve. It's been awesome uh, spending some time here with you. And um, I, I'd like to finish on, on one note. Uh, you mentioned you've been blessed by God. I know you're a man of faith, uh, as, as am I. I just want to ask you a question about what does your faith uh, mean to you and... Um, you know, can you elaborate a little bit on on the blessings and such that uh, that we've all gotten, but that you've gotten specifically? Oh, great question, Jay. You know, without making it too simplistic, I you know everything to me is is from God. Um, I I would be nowhere without God. Um, I I I feel like I lean on Him daily for guidance and wisdom. And because I, as, as a human in, in, in my own flesh, I, I, I'm just very weak and fragile. Uh, but when I know I have God on my side, he loves me, he's for me, uh, you know, he wants to help me in my decisions and, and guide and direct me. And, and when I lean on that, but, but most importantly is, is knowing that um, despite my imperfections, despite my, my sin, um, you know, none of us are none of us are perfect. Um, j- just knowing that my sins are forgiven, that you know Jesus Christ dying on the cross, paying the penalty for my sins. You know, knowing that that that's what I'm relying on to get me to heaven and nothing else. There's just a, a sweet peace that that brings to a person, and then everything else in life falls in line. And I, and, and to be honest, I can't imagine living life without that peace. And without that relationship with God through that that I get through Jesus Christ, it's it's everything to me. Absolutely, absolutely, couldn't have said it better myself. And um, just an awesome uh, hour here with you, Bud. Uh, I know 
Uh, hopefully, maybe during the summer we can have another one and maybe get into more situational, uh, hand-to-hand, uh, you know, tactical type stuff with the calling. Maybe, maybe get an update with you, see how your trail cameras are doing, uh, you know, an elk update or such. Um, I wish you the best in the draws and um, uh, tell Barb and the kids hello. Tell your dad hello for me, and uh, it's been great having you. And uh, just uh, uh, cherish you as a friend and. Uh, just uh, really enjoyed the years I've gotten to spend with you and admired your work and, uh, you know, just a high-class quality individual and a phenomenal elk caller and uh, elk guide, and just thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you, Jay. The pleasure's mine. It's been a great 20 years that, that I've known you, and uh, please pass along my hello to Gene, and, and uh, hope you guys are doing great. And, uh I hope we can both get through this EHD, I call it, Elk Hunter's Depression for the next six months and make it to September. And uh, everything will be good, and I look forward to maybe maybe seeing you out there in the elk woods. That sounds great. Uh, I only know a couple ways to handle that EHD, and that's uh, lots of turkey hunting and lots of fishing. And then at that point, I can block most of it out of my mind except for those uh, wee hours in the morning. But, uh, yep, it will be soon here. We'll be uh, hearing those elk bugle, and I look forward to it and look forward to seeing you again, buddy. Okay, so take care. Thanks, Jay. You do the same. And I I do want to say the best way for people to look you up is chapelguideservice.com. That's the best way to contact you for for all the calls, for the guide service, for everything, correct? Yes, absolutely. We also have a Facebook page, with, which is Chapel Guide Service, but you can get to that from the website. So, yes, the website is the best. Okay, sounds good, buddy. Take care, and I'll catch you later. Thanks, Jay. God bless. All right, you too. Thanks for listening to the J. Scott Outdoors Western Big Game Hunting and Fishing Podcast brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and join today.